Hey everyone, thanks for joining. Before we get started, just wanted to say sorry for the delay. I will get this taken care of. We will get back on track now that uh, school is over and uh, hopefully we'll get back to doing these and putting them out uh, at a regular uh, at a regular pace. So thanks again for stopping by and let's get with the show. Hey everyone, welcome back. Thanks for joining me. I'm glad to have you here with me. So this semester is coming to an end, finals week is just about over, and I'm anxiously awaiting grades this semester. You know, it drives me crazy. I understand there's work to be done, and I understand that I'm not the only student that these professors have, but I get so anxious at the end of the semester to just see my grades. You know, I just want to know, where did I end up? Where am I? Not that it really matters. I know it makes me feel good to say I did well, but... Really, the goal is to learn the material. The goal is to get a good job. The goal is to, you know, to improve my my position in life, to get a job that I that I don't feel like is is work. I, I feel like it's something that I enjoy doing, or at least I feel that I'm good at it, and that's why I'm there. However, um, the grade just kind of gives you some feedback um, regarding how you did and and did you actually do as well as you thought you did. One of the things that was kind of humbling to me, because I don't like doing poorly in anything in life, frankly. But one of the things that was kind of humbling was we had this cap sim simulation. And essentially what it would do, and this was for principles of management. And what this simulation would do is you would essentially be a manager for a, we'll just say for the Midwestern branch of this company. And you are returning to work after vacation, maybe a long weekend or a week off. And you are going through your email and trying to prioritize things. You are trying to show initiation, your communication, your organization. Uh, you have to do all those things and you have to be quick and accurate. And the odd thing, the thing that I thought was kind of weird or didn't make sense to me is when I did it the first time, the top three traits were really good. Uh, planning, leading, uh, organizing, essentially things of that sort I was great on, but it was communication and initializing were very low. We'll say below 50%. The other three were, you know, 70, 80 percentile. So, you know, above three quarters of the people out there. And needless to say, I was kind of bothered by those 50 percentile and less, uh, or around 50 percentile. I think one was like 30, 35, which was horrible. Um, so I thought, you know, I'm going to really study. I'm going to work hard. And whenever this thing comes around again, I'm going to knock this out. I'm going to get eighties and nineties on everything. I'm going to be at the very top echelon. And when I did it the next time I focused on communication, I brought my communication up from a 35 or something to an 80 and everything else dropped. So there's something called reliability. And I don't think that that quiz is very reliable. There's no way that I dropped so far on the other things and brought the one up. But let me tell you what I did differently. And I don't know, maybe this is, is, you know, what they wanted, but to me, it doesn't make sense. If you've ever worked in a company, if you've been in the military, especially, you realize that there is something that we call need to know. If you're a manager and you get a letter or you get an email from the CEO or from the chief uh, financial officer or what have you, it might be information that, that you need to know as a manager, but you're... Uh, but your subordinates do not. 
In fact, they shouldn't know. They're not allowed to know. They shouldn't know. It's none of their business. Um, you as a manager have the choice as to what is, you know, for them to know and what is not, what's appropriate. And a lot of times the person who is telling you that information will say, hey, this is what we want people below you to know. This is what we don't want them to know. And that's how it works. Well, I went into this knowing that and believing that. Well, my theory is maybe the first time that I did it, I was thinking a lot about, hey, is this person below me allowed to know this? And I'm thinking, you know, one of the things I need to realize is this is a freshman or junior or a freshman or a sophomore course. And most likely that wasn't even part of the simulation because these are people who have probably never managed anyone before, let alone been, you know, a, a high level manager or, or a general manager. So I tried to go back and say, well, let's just not worry about who is allowed to know what. And that's when it went from 35% up to 80% or 85%, something like that, 89, something up there, uh, 83 to 89, whatever. And um, I just thought that was really weird. But then the other ones dropped down. So, you know, it's it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. I improved one thing and I dropped on the others. But uh, but I think I did well in that class. However, one of the things that kind of bothered me and I'm not on here to complain. Uh, I'm actually excited uh, to talk to you about something here uh, in a moment. But one of the things that bothered me about that class is we seem to spend a lot of time learning terminology and uh, theories and people who came up with certain theories and, you know, these words uh, that that are, you know, used in the market. They're kind of I call them like buzzwords. Um, you know, synergy and different things that they're talking about. And, and in my mind, it gives people a job, frankly, is, is the way I see some of this. It's a lot of it uh, has to do with things that really aren't that important in my mind. What's important is how do you act as a manager? Not what, what person in 1972 came up with this theory. I don't, that doesn't interest me in the least. Um, you know, and maybe that's because I'm an aviation guy. I'm not worried about uh, these people. I'm, I'm not worried about, you know, worshiping or praising them for what they came up with. What I want to know is what's worked and what has not worked. What has Microsoft done to become the company that they are? Obviously, they're doing something right. What has Amazon done correctly? What have they done incorrectly? What did they learn from? That's what I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to maybe do some exercises where we went on a field trip, where we went to a company and, and looked at how they ran things, how they organized their, their company. You know, that's what I wanted to learn was, uh, practical, applicable knowledge, uh, and ideas that we could use that we could take with us. Not necessarily just what the book said. Uh, I can read any book in the world. That's not going to help me. Um, you know, it's not that I'm going to be a neurosurgeon, but if I'm going to do anything in this world, I don't care what it is, cutting grass, uh, flying an airplane, driving a tractor trailer, whatever it is, you can give me 900 books and it's not going to help me. But if you let me do whatever it is one or two times, I'm going to be good at it. You let me do it, you know, 10, 12, uh, 50 times. I'm going to be an expert at it and I'm going to be willing to show other people and teach other people those things. So for the classes where it's just, hey, read the book, read the book, read the book. That's not why I'm paying to go to school. I could read the book without paying four thousand dollars a semester. Um, but that's kind of where it goes anymore. Um, anyway, um, 
I did want to jump on here since that's kind of over. I'm, I think all things considered, I think I got straight A's this semester, which uh, would be wonderful. That's not to say that school's over. I still have probably a year to a year and a half left. Thanks to Fairmont State changing my schedule uh, and my curriculum because I took time off to pay down debt. And I guess they didn't like that. So whenever I came back, they treated me as a new student. And uh, so be that as it may. Um, I did want to talk to you about one thing that I'm excited about. So those of you who have been aware or heard about it, um, I got this wheel. Uh, I had the one wheel before. So one wheel is made by a company called Future Motion, and it's essentially a skateboard with a with one wheel in the middle of the board, and you balance on each side, on the front and the rear of that wheel. You balance the board side to side, and the board balances for you front to back. So the goal is to keep it under, you know, 19 miles an hour, 15, whatever the battery can handle, and you balance it side to side. So it takes some ankle strength. Strength. You wouldn't think it would because the wheel is, oh, I don't know, maybe nine inches wide. It's a pretty good size wheel, but still, it it does act a little bit like a ball rather than a flat wheel. It's it takes some ankle strength to learn how to balance that. I had that wheel and I really enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. I rode it to church over on West Side. Had a lot of fun with it, but I also crashed it a couple times. Um, I tried climbing the hill over at Fairmont State right by the football field. Uh, whenever you come up from Locust Avenue on the side and go up uh, that way by the uh, uh, by the Wesley House, it's one of the steepest hills I know of other than here on East Side. And um, I went up that hill one of the first nights I had it, and uh, it just shut off on me. It decided it couldn't do it, and it, it just cut out. They call that a nosedive on that wheel. And I also did the same thing on the rail-to-trail here at Fairmont. I was doing about, oh, probably 16, 17. Wasn't pushing it, just cruising. But I was about 12 miles in, and the battery was down to about 30%, and it just decided that was enough. It, I had a slight incline, and when I say slight incline, I mean very very slight like you couldn't even tell if you were walking that it was an incline it was just a wee little dip but that dip was enough to require enough torque out of the motor that the battery couldn't handle it and it just shut off so at 16 17 miles an hour it just shuts down the nose falls and stops and i kept going and landed on my left shoulder well i can't afford to be getting hurt when i'm working full time when i'm going to school full time so i decided to go ahead and pick up this this uh they call them electric unicycles, the CUC. I decided to pick that thing up. And what it is, is a wheel that's encased in a plastic housing with uh, these foot pads on either side of the wheel. So on this, instead of being like a snowboard, like the one wheel was where you're looking to your left, if you're riding normal goofy footed, you'd be you know, looking to your right and going towards your right. With this wheel, it's more like skiing than snowboarding. So you're standing facing straight forward. The wheel is facing in line with your knees and um, it's different. I don't want to say it's easier. I don't want to say it's harder. It's it's just different than the, than the one wheel. However, I do believe riding the one wheel helped me learn how to ride this, uh, this unicycle. Even though there are two different ways of riding, it taught me to appreciate what the wheel can and cannot do. And I say that because the one wheel, when you look at the stats, when you look at what it was made to do, the motor itself, which is in the wheel hub itself, is about 750 watts. So 750 watts is not a, it's not a lot, 
but that's about the max that you see on an average computer. So, you know, for what a computer, an average computer at the house, a decent computer, the maximum power that it would ever use is about 750 watts. Well, that's not bad, but whenever you're climbing hills in West Virginia, whenever perhaps you're a little over the maximum weight or recommended weight, I don't know who that would be, or whenever you're riding this thing, um, you know, down to a lower voltage, it requires more amperage to maintain the wattage that you need. So a quick energy, um, you know, a quick electrical kind of discussion here, just to understand what's going on is wattage is a component of voltage and amperage. So if you think of it as um, electricity, wattage would be the component of the two. So if you have maybe uh, water in a water hose, amperage would be, um, I guess uh, it's the it's the current, it's the flow, it's the strength of uh, of those electrons coming out. So uh, that could be like uh, having a garden hose compared to having a fire truck hose. Um, voltage is. Um, I guess it might be pressure, I would venture to say. Um, voltage kind of is, is what uh, what you can use to do work. But without that amperage, if you have very low amperage, you're not going to have any, any luck. For instance, um, let's say if you have a car and your car battery is low. Well, eight, eight or nine volts could crank a car battery. Uh, but if you don't have many amps, let's say you only have 150, 200 amps, that might not be enough to start the car um, as far as, you know, what the starter requires. Also, one thing about your car that's kind of interesting is your car computer requires 12 volts. So if your car battery, even though it could crank and maybe even turn over that starter just fine with 10 or 11 volts, the computer needs to see 12 volts all the time because it references the electrical impulses, it references what it sees based on that 12. So the 12 volts is the standard. So when your battery starts failing and whenever you turn the key and you're cranking the car, if you watched that voltmeter that's hooked up to your battery, you would see that 12 volts come down at 12, 11, 10, maybe nine. Uh, at that point, you can crank and crank all day and most likely that engine will not start because it's not uh, enough volts to start that engine. The the computer will not run. It will not send spark to the coil packs. It will not run. That being said, these wheels, as that voltage drops, so the one wheel was 53 volts, I think, or 63 maybe. As it drops down uh, over time, you lose that power. So it has to use more amperage to keep up. Well, these battery packs can only put out so many amps. So you are kind of, <laughs> you're kind of held there. You're kind of limited by what the battery is able to produce. Um, so let's say you're at, uh, it's a, let's say it's a 63 volt battery whenever it's fully charged. When you get down to say 57, 58 volts, you are requiring a lot more amps to maintain that 750 watts. And let's not forget that 750 watts is perfect conditions, perfectly smooth road, no bumps, uh, no wind uh, pushing you, because that's another thing. If it's windy, it'll it'll really spike that what's required. Um, so I say all that to say the reason I left that wheel and went to this uh, unicycle, this King Song that I bought, 
is that one wheel was 750 watts, which I believe is RMS. I'm not sure if that's peak. I think it can go up to 1500 watts. Worst case, you know, best case scenario, um, which is not bad. However, the wheel that I have now is 2200 watts RMS, which is what it can do all the time. You could stay at 2200 watts and the uh, control board will not overheat. The MOFs, uh, MOFSETs this, that are installed on that board are able to displace the heat that is produced by a 2200 watt motor pulling that electricity. Um, <clears throat> that being said, this wheel will go up to 42 or 4400 watts if you need it. So that's really nice. It's an 83 watt um, battery. So you have more voltage there. The wattage on the, or the amperage rather, on the battery is much higher as well. Uh, the size of the battery is a 1,554 uh, watt hour battery compared to on the one wheel, it was uh, like 540. So roughly I have, roughly, you know, we'll say a little over two and three quarter times the battery size. We have more amperage, we have more voltage, we have more potential and we have a motor that can run. Um, you know, that can handle uh, higher uh, wattage. That being said, it gives me some safety there. So I wanted to tell you about the trip that I took. The, on Saturday last week, I was kind of excited. The weather was decent. It looked like it was going to rain, but according to all the weather channel and, and my phone uh, weather uh, on you, uh, Yahoo and whatnot, uh, it looked like it was going to be okay. It wasn't going to rain. And I contacted my parents and asked them what they were doing that day. And I was really excited when they said, well, we're going to go to Sam's in Morgantown or whatever. And I said, you know, I've been wanting to ride this thing to Morgantown for quite a while. I've actually wanted to ride a bicycle to Morgantown. I thought it'd be nice to take the trip up there. And I asked if maybe they could meet me there. And they said, yeah, that'd probably be fine. Found out what time they were going. And uh, I decided to go and take the trip. I had to take a bit of a detour to put some air in the tire. Uh, that wheel likes to be about 50 pounds of air pressure. That That's how you get a uh, decent range. Uh, and that way I don't have to worry about it, you know, pinching, going down the trail and maybe uh, getting a flat. Last thing I want to do is walk that thing out 12 miles uh, with, with a phone that has no service. That's just not a good time. That being said, um, we made the trip. It was 30.4 miles all told. It took me almost two hours. It was about an hour and 40 minutes, hour and 45 minutes, something like that. And that's even adding in the two times that I stopped and took a, a little bit of a break to kind of stretch my feet and my legs. You know, um, one of the things that you never think about with something like this is your, your feet tend to go to sleep. Your legs tend to go numb after a while because of all the bumps. There's no suspension. That's your your tire is, is all the suspension you have. But it was a great time. And, you know, other than one person who looked a little grumpy, everybody was in a good mood. They're giving me the thumbs up. They're enjoying the music. Um, you know, they probably had never seen anything like this before and, and it's a great time. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back out on this thing a little bit more now that the weather's getting nice. It's one of the most enjoyable things I've done. You know, I, I enjoy riding that more than I do the motorcycle, frankly. You know, there's too many crazy people on the road and with this wheel, um, you know, if I feel threatened, if I feel like I'm in danger, I can hop on the sidewalk. Uh, I can hop on the trail. I can go up the, the rail to trail. And I don't think there's an issue with that. It says no motorized vehicles, but I think they're more or less wanting to make sure nobody's bringing golf carts and uh, motorcycles and four wheelers and side by sides, things of that sort up there. 
Uh, I don't think this is a problem. The main thing that you need to remember, and one of the main things I try and do, is to treat people around you with respect. You know, um, I don't own this trail, neither do they. I guess we all kind of own it, but, but I don't pass people at 15, 18, 20 miles an hour. If I see someone, I'll slow down. I'll wave. Uh, I'll make sure that they know that I'm coming so I don't scare them. Uh, I don't, I try not to bother their dog. Hopefully their dog is on a leash because it's not supposed to be off of the leash um, in, in Marion County. But, you know, it's a good time. I get out there and I ride and uh, get some thumbs up and man, it just makes you feel good. It's a, it's a good time. And I really hope if you haven't had the opportunity to give it a try, go for it. You know, I, I feel bad. The people on the one wheel, I'm kind of glad that I'm done with that because I tell you, some of the people that were on there are some nasty people. You know, they they talk about these people on the on these electric unicycles, these EUCs or whatever you want to call them. They talk about them as though they're, you know, they're they're just idiots that they're they're pansies or whatever. And it's it's kind of like this is what snowboarders do. Well, I ride a snowboard. I'm cooler than a skier. Well, <laughs> you're not very cool when you're spending the whole time, the whole day laying on the ground. Uh, frankly, you know, I don't have a problem with skiers. Uh, if I was a skier, I wouldn't have trouble with snowboards other than the fact that, you know, people that use them tend to be a little uppity. Um, you know, there are so many things in this world that people enjoy doing. I enjoyed singing in the barbershop chorus. Uh, I enjoyed, I, I did that so that I could sing in quartets. And I sang in a few great quartets over the years. I, we never really went to competition or anything, but I had a lot of fun. And I think we sang well. But, you know, not many people would want to do that. They would look down upon that as being, you know, goofy or sappy. Um, but, you know, I don't care. It was something that I enjoyed doing. It was something that I thought brought joy to people around me. Uh, if you've ever had the opportunity to watch a singing Valentine or see one happen in person, it's, a, it's kind of a magical experience. Speaking of magical experiences, if you've never been to Disney World and gone to the Magic Kingdom, you're missing out. There's a group of men there called the Dapper Dans. It's a group of four people who are in uh, suits that are of different colors, blue, yellow, uh, orange, and purple, I think. Uh, kind of remind me of the <laughs> uh, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, actually. But, uh, but if you look at them, they are walking around through the park and they're singing. And they know a certain amount of songs. And one of the cool things about the society that I was in, the Barbershop Harmony Society is we learn these songs that are called polecats. They're essentially stock arrangements, which uh, these these are songs that everyone knows the same arrangement of that song. Excuse me. So whenever I went to Disney, I purposely went and looked and found the Dapper Dans. And if you go, you can sing with them. And they'll say, hey, what part do you sing? I sing baritone. Great. So-and-so, go take a walk. <laughs> go take a break. Stand over there. And I got to sing with three people I'd never met before and sing with them as though we had been singing together for years. Um, I say that just to say that there are so many things that people enjoy that maybe you don't enjoy, but maybe you haven't given them a try. You know, to me, gardening is is not very enjoyable. It just doesn't, doesn't do anything for me. But I'm not going to laugh at somebody that enjoys doing that. If it brings them pleasure, if it brings them enjoyment, uh, relaxation, uh, you know, then, then there's nothing wrong with that. And there's no reason to get on people for that. So I look at these people on the one wheels that, um, uh, you know, they're on these, uh, pages and 
they really look down upon these EUCs, but I, frankly, I think it's because they're jealous. They're jealous because, yes, it's a Chinese wheel, which I'm not proud of. I'd love to have an American-made wheel like the one wheel is. But the fact of the matter is nobody's making them here in the States. Uh, why is that? I don't know. Can they not afford to compete? I'm not sure. Is it because all of our electronics are made overseas? Maybe. Somehow that wheel is being made here in the States, but the parts for it are also from China, I believe. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of upsetting, but... I just wanted to say, uh, if you haven't, and maybe this is the way this podcast is going now for this episode, if you haven't, if there's something you thought about doing, but you thought, oh, somebody's going to make fun of me, um, I wanted to do this, but it might be a little goofy. Who cares? Really, who cares what people think, frankly? You know, I've had a lot of people buy, the, buy things, and uh, they'll buy a car, and they do it mostly, I don't know, you know, uh, they do it mostly because they enjoy that car. And some people say, well, you bought that car to be seen by other people. No, no, I didn't. I bought it because I bought it for me. Uh, that's why I bought this wheel. I didn't buy it for other people to be jealous. I didn't buy it for other people to ask me questions. I didn't buy it for other people to, you know, to gawk at me. I bought it because I wanted something to go out and relax. Um, frankly, I bought it for transportation. I bought it so I wouldn't have to look for parking at Fairmont State. And then COVID hit and uh, parking is no longer an issue. But uh but it's a good time, and I just want to encourage you, if you if there's something you'd like to do, I don't care what it is, horseback riding, gun shooting, um, you want you, you want to go and learn how to safely operate a, a gun, you know, hey, go for it. You want to learn how to do anything, pottery, uh, painting, I don't care what it is, and you think, well, people are going to make fun of me. No, they're not. You know, and even if they do, they're probably people who are spending all their time sitting on the couch watching TV. Don't let people hold you back. Do things you want to do. Go out, enjoy life. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of cool things to do out there. A lot of interesting things that can just bring you so much enjoyment in life. And I think we need to quit worrying about what other people think and do the things that make us happy. Do the things that bring us happiness, relaxation, relaxation, can't even talk, uh, or enjoyment, happiness. Go for it. Hey, by the way, before we get stopped here, I want to remind you one thing we're going to be doing. We are going to be having a fly-in here at the Fairmont Airport. It's going to happen on May the 15th. I'm really excited. I hope you all are, are going to make it. We are going to have the EAA Young Eagles event there as well. Uh, Rich Judy is going to be taking care of that. What that entails is from 10 o'clock in the morning, so May 15th, May uh, 15th for the regular event. If it does rain, we will have a rain event um, we will postpone it until the following week, which would be May 22nd. Either way, May 15th, or it could be May 22nd, we are going to have the Young Eagles. So if you come and bring your children, they have to have a parent or legal guardian to sign the waiver for them to ride. So please don't bring them and then not have their parent or legal guardian with them or else they can't go. And it's really going to hurt their feelings. But make sure that you have that. If you can fill that paper out and tell us that they're between 8 and 17, I believe the ages are, they will get a free airplane ride. And here's why this is important to me, guys. This is why it's one of the most important things I have going on this year. Young Eagles is how I got into aviation, bar none. I got to ride in a Piper J3 Cub. If you've never seen one, they're awesome little planes. They're, there's nothing to them. They're an engine with uh with an air you know with a, a fuselage i mean it's the the cockpit there's really nothing in there but a stick a throttle uh lever a couple pedals and and just a couple gauges it's not very complex 
Uh, that doesn't mean they're not hard to fly. They can get out of control very quickly if you don't know what you're doing and if you don't respect them. But uh, I got to ride in that with a guy named Marvin Franks here at Fairmont back years and years and years ago. And ever since then, my love for aviation has been, you know, has been growing. And I hope that maybe your child might get to go on this ride and realize, hey, I love aviation or or any of the STEM fields. Hey, this was great. You know, I'd like to know how this engine works. Hey, this was fantastic. I'd like to learn about uh, aerodynamics. We have a man at Fairmont State, a professor that works at NASA, uh, Sam Brown. He's one of our professors, but he's Dr. Brown is just crazy intelligent. And he has worked on some amazing aircraft. Uh, there are so many things that you can do when you get excited. And if you're willing to come out and do this free airplane ride, if you're willing to let your kids do that, maybe you'll encourage them to do those things that, that pay very well and can be a good uh, and a, a very fulfilling job, a very fulfilling career. So once again, that's going to be May the 15th from 10 o'clock to 4 in the afternoon. And hopefully we're going to have some airplanes on static display. I've spoken to the Air National Guard. They have talked about possibly bringing down a... Um, uh, uh, UH-60 Blackhawk uh, helicopter. So this would be like what you would see soldiers going off uh, into war, getting into landing zones. Um, and possibly the uh, Aeronet Health, uh, Health Net as well. Um, uh, flight helicopter uh, should be there, the Eurocopter. So it's going to be a very exciting time. I'm really excited for it. And, uh, and I'd love for you to be there if you can make it. So once again, last time, it's May 15th. If it rains, it'll be May 22nd, but either way, it's going to be from 10 o'clock to 4 in the afternoon and uh, 8 to 17. Just bring a parent or legal guardian. We'd love to see you guys. Hey, keep an eye out. We're going to have these advertisements going, and we'd love to see you then. Thanks for stopping by, guys, and I'll talk to you next time.